going to VAR. They're checking. <laughs> hey, Connie. Check complete. Let's head over to the bar. Yo, 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 what to do, my peoples? We are back again with another episode of the VAR Bar Podcast. It's your boy, Muno, back hosting once again. And I'm joined with my boys, Weisenberg. Potterin. <laughs> hey, we love it, man. I love that because you're still backing him. Obviously, you know, as Tabo says, tough times don't last. <laughs> Only tough people last. Is that from the man that was screaming Arteta out? Mm. <laughs> man. Hey, if I talk, man, you've been big, big trouble, Char. So, yeah, you know what, you know what it was saying. Um, and yeah, man, Char is back in the building, more regular now. Good to see you back. Shout out, Kenna, where the fuck you are. <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. Always a pleasure to be here with the boys. Got my boy, Prez. Yo, yo, yo. I don't know if I can call you my boy. You've been getting on to me recently, you know. Hey, <laughs> for the listeners, this, this press has been getting on Context, to me. context, cold, context, man. context, man. That, that Guna gas, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, uh, like, like I said, I, I had to take over whilst um, Mitch and Tabs were away doing Care December mm. um, enjoyments in South Africa. But yeah, they're back now. And obviously, yeah, I'm going to have to tone down the Teta gas. <laughs> Um, but last but not least, man, I've got my fellow Guna Toasters in the building. Come on, back in the building, man. Jeez, sounding crispy on the mic, man. Oi. Good to have you back, man. Ah, man, we're going to get straight into it because we've had some big games in the Prem, but at the same time, the oldest competition in English football is back, the FA Cup. So, yeah, man, we've got games galore. And... Eh, you know, I'll normally start <laughs> with, um, you know, the team's doing well. But we're going to start with a team that's not doing as well. Um, unfortunately, I can't, you know, we, we, we've got to be nice because they're, they're not here to represent. Do I we? wonder why. Because if the shoe was on the other yeah, foot, the that's hell? all I'm saying. <laughs> all right, man, let's get into it. Liverpool. Um I think they kicked off the Premier League proceedings um, as they went away to Brentford. And Andy, the man himself, loves to say, you know what? I don't know why I put for predictions, but if we're if we're if we're in Andy's shoes, he loves to say Brentford went at home. So Andy, I'm sure you're expecting an L. So you, it would have been no surprise when the game finished. Was it three one to Brentford? Or was it three two? Yep, I forgot. Three one. Boy, yeah, man. Brentford collected from Liverpool. Um, 3-1, as Prez confirmed there. Virgil van Dijk comes off injured at halftime. Man, it's all falling apart. Like, <laughs> where, where do we begin? As um, Char, you were saying it, bro. Like, what going for Liverpool? Boy, <laughs> hey, Brentford said, drop your three points at the door, man. They said, yo... You better come here with the three points. Hey, listen. Hey, it, it, I think a, a lot of teams, minus a few this season, have obviously um, experienced uh, what Brentford could bring to the table. But I want to focus more on Liverpool. Um, I feel like um, I think they started our game off of relatively well. Um, from from I, I watched the game, um, but I feel like yeah, as the game just went on. Um, I think Klopp came out and said something about that uh, Brentford were 
um, almost pushing the boundaries of what is possible and obviously set pieces and so on um, just sounded like a bit of pl- bit of clop to be honest um, they just done what they always do they riled up um, Liverpool um, and yeah they got obviously got the better of them uh, Virgil van Dijk or Virgil van De- um, Delegate as people like to call him um, he came off at half time I think obviously he's come out that like he actually was injured but to be honest um, he wasn't playing particularly well anyway um, and yeah, man, they just got Brentford. They got they got Brentford, um, and yeah, it, it's it's looking like a a bit of a sticky situation for them for the Merseyside Reds. It's looking very very sticky. Um, Jake, we heard obviously, and we saw Virgil van Dijk has come off injured. Um, word on the street following that game, he might be out for months, not even weeks. I mean, is that is that Liverpool season done? Or is, can they still get something out of this? Because as people like to say, Virgin van Dijk is a major part of that Liverpool team. Um, it's a good question. I would say they they can still get something out of this season because I like they've still got talent centre back, haven't they? Like Kanate and Matip isn't exactly a awful centre back partnership, but I think for me, like th- that midfield right now is something unbelievable like you think a couple of years ago that was arguably their strength and now despite Kenner not wanting to hear it you're hearing like pundits calling out for Liverpool to get a Wijnaldum replacement because they never have replaced him like you've got Henderson just marauding at centre mid doing absolutely nothing the goal um yeah it was just I don't know, man. Like Liverpool are a mess right now. They have no structure to the to their whole setup. There is such a complete lack of cohesion. Tiago is just recording YouTube clips like always. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and he's and he's the most impressive one in that centre mid. Yeah, yeah, he's the best one. uh, Fabinho has disappeared. Yeah, he's falling off the face of the earth. I don't know what's happened to him this season. To Honestly, be I do not. He's just been permanently on holiday in that shirt. It is, but he's been unfathomable. Like I say, Henderson has. He's just doing whatever he wants. Harvey Elliott, I think, is a talent, but yeah. defensively, he does not do his job, and that is really hurting Liverpool at the moment because they have. I think he's the only Liverpool player to feature in every game, and mm. he's not at fault for it. But when you look at him, he's just not doing his job defensively and that's forced when you've got someone like Salah who will press but isn't exactly great at tracking back then you've got Trent who defensively one-on-one I think is fine but when positioning wise and he gets overloaded is very easy to play around like we you watch Liverpool game and that's all anyone does I'm going to go down your right side and I am going to batter it until I get a goal and Klopp hasn't been able to solve that problem yet and that's the main concern is how does he solve that? Because we all know Liverpool, they're not going to buy anyone else January. They've bought Gagpo. I can't see them buying someone else, so this is going to be them until May. So it's all in-house solutions. I don't see where it comes from at the minute, to be honest. I was listening to um, Jamie Carragher speaking after the game, I think the Brentford game, when he was basically talking about um, I think he's he, he was saying that the Liverpool team resembles the one as Klopp just came in. Um, so obviously... Uh, there's been a lot of like light shined on their back four and Fabinho um, but if Liverpool have always been about the, the press the counter press um, playing offside and I think it starts from the top um, when you actually look at their 
their, their, their sort of top half of the team, um, Nunez, um, obviously at the moment is Nunez, Salah and whoever supports them too at the moment. Um, they're not, and I know, I know that Liverpool fans don't want to hear about it when it comes to sort of Mane, um, but how many times, I remember how many times would you, we'd be watching a Liverpool game and you'd just see Mane starting, starting the press. And Remind the them, bro. Like, Facts. That's what, them. bro. I mean, they don't want to hear it, man. They don't want to hear it, but like, I've watched enough Liverpool games in, in in the last sort of three to four years. Obviously, whilst they've been playing in all the big games, either sort of Champions League and Premier League games, and the amount of times that he would be the one that sort of springs out of there, sort of sit there, sort of four three three system, and starts to press, and then you'll see the others sort of following up, and that all falls into their total tactical prowess of playing playing the offside trap because if there's no pressure on the ball. Then this old, the offside trap is, is is redundant, and I think that's what's happening. The amount of games I'm watching of Liverpool now, and before it'd be like two or three big chances. Now there's like four or five big chances, like without teams really having to do that much. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, it's worrying at the moment, and and I, I don't know what. It's definitely not a quick fix or a quick solution. But to be honest, what I'm saying is worrying. I ain't complaining. I'm loving it. I'm enjoying every single minute of this. <laughs> so long and may it continue. To be honest. <clears throat> Prez, I mean, what's next for Liverpool then? Because <laughs> another defeat. Um, I tried to warn my brother Andy that they were done. Mm. Like, no disrespect to them, but I just don't... Remember, he laughed at me when I said to them, oh yeah, that final position for top four is between United and Spurs. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we'll go to the other fixture results, but I mean, I, I don't see them getting anywhere. What would you, you say, it, bro? It's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be. I, I think the teams above them fighting for that top four spot. I don't think it's an open and shut case at the moment. I still think that there are plenty of games to play, and I also think that there will be plenty of bumps in the road for for the teams competing for that top four spot. But at the end of the day, Liverpool need to consistently win their games to be in with a shout. And at the moment, they're not doing that. So. If they're not doing their, their, you know, holding up their end of the bargain, then at the end of the season, they'll, they'll be in with a shock when they find out they're outside the top four. That's how I see it. I mean, I don't think they should be shocked. I mean, I mean, they might act like they're shocked, but hey, Andy Kenner, <laughs> you need to wake up and smell the coffee. Right. Oh, God, man. Dusted. It's bad. Um, that obviously. Decaf. So, yeah, <laughs> to follow up that defeat, Liverpool had a home game, and you know what they say about Anfield under the lights, late kickoff on Saturday night against Wolves. Toasting, man. So, an opportunity for Liverpool to bounce back from that defeat. And, I don't know, would you agree, Toast? I feel Wolves were robbed with that controversial goal that was disallowed. They and were then, definitely robbed. Fam, all of a sudden, what, VAR was the work. <laughs> Like, oh, my days. Like, and people don't understand what I said about Anfield. And, like, people were trying to tell me, oh, was is VAR in Anfield? Like, bro, how how can you get away with, with losing a game because there wasn't a camera available? What kind of not... Anyway, man, let me yeah, not it's talk terrible, about that. Let me not it's talk, the, it's the first. It's the first I've heard of that, to be honest, man. Like, it was a, a scandalous decision, to be completely honest. Like, it, it seemed like a good goal from Totti, to be honest, so... Yeah, man, Wolves can feel very hard done by, but if I'm honest, I, I didn't give Wolves any chance kind of going into the game. And um, they, I mean, yeah. they were they were they were good value for a, a, a victory, man. They had more shots on target than Liverpool. Um, they 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 were in the game the whole time, um, made subs at the right time. It's just a shame. Uh, very, yeah, just a shame that um, 
uh, it now has to go back to Molyneux where Liverpool will probably still fancy their chances to get through, man. That hey, that trial rate, though, all brawn, no brain, man. I swear, <laughs> like, there were points where, it, where on the break he could have made better decisions, man, and he didn't, and it, it cost him. It, it was annoying to watch at times, I can't lie. And to be honest, this Donny, he needs to stop with that baby ogle thing because I feel like, <laughs> like I feel like he needs to be putting up mad numbers and like being like tugged back by pillar and post by bare players. But Donny's does nothing when he comes on the pitch other than like, and man's still doing the baby ogle thing like he's like Just some kind of one. Bro, jarring guy, man. Jarring guy. Let's jarring let's guy to watch. Touch, let, let's touch on him because obviously he was um, at Barca, came back, and now can't even start for Wolves. I mean, what what's going wrong there? Like, he tell us, like this guy, this guy was a compro. Sorry, no. He's, I just uh, before we go to toast, I just think I just don't think he's the player everyone thought he'd be, man. Like, I mean, he's he's obviously got the the pace. He's obviously got that in behind threat, but he just doesn't have anything else about his his game on a consistent level. Yes, he can. When he gets to the byline, he can, you know, fizz the ball across the face, fine. But in terms of being an actual goal threat and making the right decisions at the right time, the guy doesn't do enough for me. He doesn't. And there's always been a question mark about him. And people said that he would kick on, you know, maybe at a, another club he, he might show more. But it, it was clear to see that, you know, those were those were his bread and butter, bread and butter bits, his pace and getting to the byline. But other than that, I don't see much else. Totally agree, man. I mean, like you look at Wolves and like over the last couple of years, there's been a lot of players like your um, Chans, obviously your Podentes, your Netos, who have been a focal point for them at some point in terms of like goals and assists. Obviously Jimenez before the injury, the head injury, very consistent from the goal returns perspective. I've never really ever seen Traore go on a, a run of like consistent back-to-back goals or assists. Like he, he's he's... He's a flat out to deceive merchant, man, to be to to keep it completely one hundred, man. Facts. So yeah, man. Um at this point, I mean we we've got the t shirt, we know what he's about in the Prem. And besides the the athleticism and the and the build, he like he doesn't really offer all that much on a consistent basis, man. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's it's not looking well, I mean, we say that, but it's it's probably even more worse for Liverpool now. In the form that they're in, and having to play another extra game, I, I don't even know. Does I don't know. Is, is is it the final weekend of January, the next round of games? Because I know there's no Premier League week, um, game week that week, that weekend. Sorry. So is this for the replay games? Game. Or? Oh snap! Sorry. Yes, yeah, we're here. I'm thinking about the next round. Yeah. When are they going to play the replays? Um, yeah, I think that'll be beginning. But, of <laughs> whenever that's going to be, it's not looking good for them, um, Liverpool, because. They just need to find their form very quickly. Um, Champions League comes back. A certain man from uh, Merseyside said, oh yeah, it's fine. Um, they're happy to finish 10th. They'll do what they did in 2005, which obviously implies they'll win the champs. But Brev, you think you're winning champs the way you're playing right now, yeah? <laughs> Good luck to you, Charlie. Good luck to you, Charlie. Um, <laughs> as I said, <laughs> Kenna, wake up and smell the coffee, boy. I mean, <laughs> I'll say it again. Eight years and what? Okay, Premier League champs. You don't want to collect, but not done. Not, not nothing sustainable, man. You you've come, 
you've checked in, you've checked out now, you man are done. It's tight, man, because <laughs> there's been several... Com- I don't want to make this a Liverpool pamming, but there's been several it. conversations about, like, Liverpool's actual reign and how long it's spanned for. Like, really, it's probably not as long as people think in terms of, like, dominance. One and Prem, is, is one Champions one League. One Champions League and a Super Cup, right? And they, they haven't... They came close to... No, they haven't retained any of those titles. Nada, nothing. Not even... Yeah, there's not a... This period has been defined by them being second best for a really long time. Facts. And that's probably what they would use as their main argument, that this is an unstoppable pet team that they've had to compete against. But really and truly, if this is meant to be your era of dominance within the Premier League, then, you know, I, I... Yeah. I don't want to yeah, say too if, much. If, if someone had told me when we were going through our era of dominance that Vi- Liverpool have a period of time in in, in, in your life where they're going to be the best they're going to be and this was what it was going to be, I would have taken it in a heartbeat. I would have, <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll happily, I'll shake, shake your hand, man. <clears throat> hey, I mean, I wish the boys were here um, to obviously have their say, the Liverpool boys. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah, especially that one. Hey, we might need to send like a, a missing person report because I've not <laughs> seen my brother Ken's for a minute. But yeah, Ken, man, we need to hear from you soon, B. Alright, man, so moving off from Liverpool, we had another big game in the Premier League. I mean, who would have said this? Um, Newcastle in a potential title race. Um, first against third at the time I think it was yeah first against third Newcastle came to Arsenal I mean we can say a lot about this game Arsenal getting a a test against the best defensive team in the Premier League Newcastle again showing how well they can play against the best as you know Arsenal being leaders in the league Um, where do we begin man I mean let me just kick it off because I was very frustrated in the fact two things actually that we didn't get the dub, because I feel like maybe we should have got the dub. Um, we'll go into the penalties. Um, but I was also frustrated in the fact that Newcastle, the way they set up, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, boys, like jump in. But I feel like if you're where you're at as Newcastle, you want to go out and win the game. But from the first minute, these men were time wasting. Like, I've got to disagree, man. I've yeah, got to disagree, yeah. man. I listen, the Emirates away is the hardest game in the Premier League right now, factually. Like, that, it, the, the reality is, isn't it? If I'm Newcastle, given what I know about, like, teams being blown away, um, going, like, like try, trying to play, like, Arsenal's game, I'm coming in and I'm trying to get that, that, that draw, man. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you because they're they're not meant to. You're, you're forgetting they they are overachieving by miles. At massively, the massively. Like miles. Like what they're doing right now is like that. It's like three or four years ahead of ahead of what they're meant to be doing. And that makes sense. So like, yeah, I have no qualms, man. I have no qualms of how they played in that game. But obviously, I understand. If obviously, as an Arsenal fan, the frustration. I I think I've read somewhere that the game that the ball was only in play for like forty something minutes. Or something stupid like that. Maybe that was another game, anyway. Um, so I understand that the frustration in that department. But yeah, man, if I'm a Newcastle fan, I, I'm 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 shaking and saying, yeah, fair play. Yeah, I 100% agree, man. Like Munu, I hear you based on league position, but I I was under like no illusions going into the game that 
they were going to play for the draw. Like they've got the most draws. If you actually deep it, they've lost one game all season, but they've actually drawn the most as well in the league because they just yeah. don't lose games. They basically drawn eight games already. And if you look, if you saw how the second half went particularly, they pretty much had like 10 or 11 men behind the ball, man. They were more than happy to say, Arsenal, if you can break us down, you'll win this game. But they've conceded the least goals in the league. They've conceded 11 goals. Botman has just been unbelievable all season at centre-back. Like they, they, I think they've kept six clean sheets in a row in the Prem now. I think they were aiming for seventh this weekend um, in the FA Cup, which would have been like a, a, a team record. Like they're, they're very, they're very solid defensive team. And you're going away to Arsenal. You have ambitions for top four. You want to collect points. Like they played it perfectly. Like and I, I put it to Arsenal not being able to break them down. Like I mean, I, what I do you Arsenal think it is them. though in terms of their defensive quality? Because uh, when I watch them, I don't think they're like a, a, a camping team or like they're, they're, they're like yeah. a negative team by any stretch of the imagination. I think they play on the front foot and they're a pressing team. But their defensive record is like, it's like, it's astute in it. So like, is it is it purely down to to Botman signing or, or like, what is it? Do you reckon is all, like, do you reckon the props comes, like has to go to how, like how in terms of like how he's got them set up? Because I, I, I'll be how. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Because you think of like even that midfield, like Joe Linton at left centre mid is a like monster. He always is run back. Even Willock, Willock, yeah, yeah. And you notice it was like 20, 25 minutes in because Arsenal started that game so incredibly right. They were all Mm. over Newcastle, and how credit to him recognised that and went, okay, right, fuck it, drop everyone back that little bit more, and they started doubling up. So Almiron was constantly on Saka with Mm. Dan Burn. Um, Martinelli had Almiron and Trippier on him. It was just a, a much cleverer way to go about it and stop leaving people on an island and hope, like, because Dan Burn was getting torched. It was, as soon as Saka had him one-on-one, and rightfully so, game was done. If yeah. that kept going on, whereas at least they went, right, okay, you're going to have to beat both of us here. And yeah. you saw it, the stem of the tide flowed and it stopped completely. Like... like- yeah, now to, to just to jump on your point, Jake. Like I noticed that a lot. Like when when Arsenal are defending, sometimes I do get a bit frustrated sometimes because I see that sometimes Saka and Martinelli they're like they maybe like ten yards behind the play. Every single time Martinelli and Saka got the ball in like an offensive position, I saw Almiron yeah, and um, Joe Linton dropping in. Like it was like just drilled into them that the moment Arsenal are on the offensive, you need to help Dan Burn. Like we saw Dan Burn get burnt. Like multiple times, like Jake said, and <clears throat> the fact that he had, um, they had an extra body pretty much every single time. It's just, it's just working as a team, man. At the end of the day, like you come in, you you set a tactic out, and you get results if you can do what the, the manager has asked the team to do. Do you know what I mean? And they played, they played a perfect, a perfect game in my opinion. Like the only thing that would have been would have made it more perfect if if they could have stole a winner. You know, like it was. But the thing is, though, yeah, the reason why I've got to give them even more preps is because, let's be honest, most teams at the moment that are coming to the Emirates at the moment are probably trying to do that, trying to double up on, obviously, the two wide players and, obviously, like, gives, especially on the right-hand side of, obviously, um, with Saka and Odegaard linking up. But it's, like, one thing, like, realising the danger is another thing actually executing it. Um, And, like, the fact that they actually managed to do it I think it was even like it. it like I was very impressed. Like, obviously, I've watched Newcastle's games this season, but I think like to actually see it in, in in motion, and just because I've seen how many teams Arsenal have just literally blitzed, and especially in the first twenty to thirty minutes, I just think yeah, we got to give them a lot more props than what just it being like a almost being it's making it seem like it's like a, it was like a negative performance by them. I think that was a very sort of tactically astute performance by them, man. And 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 coupled with that, like we have to consider the fact that 
you know, just looking at Newcastle defensively on the whole this season, um, they've pretty much ripped out their back five and started again. I mean, yeah. Fabian Fabian Shah is, um, you know, he's been there for a while, but he he's yeah. coming he's coming to his own. Um, looking like a new signing. He's looking like new a new player. signing, mate. Honestly, and um, you know, uh, in the middle with with Dan Botman and then obviously Dan Byrne coming in, Trippier, uh, Nick Pope. You know, like they they're not they they're not like world class by any stretch, but in terms of them. You know, as we said, working as a team, working together, and and providing the moments of defensive quality when they're called upon, and and just being in in sync and in cohesion with each other, it it just seems to be working really well. Obviously, a lot of footballs are playing; anything can happen. But I mean, it it just looks like Eddie Howe has them them all so well drilled. Yeah, do you know what though? I would. I mean, you guys made some good points about how they dealt with Saka and Martinelli. Um, every time that they got the ball, they were like that. Doubled up, doubled up on and yeah I, I will give that it was great play they knew how to shut them down um, I did say look look at the penalty incidents I've not gone back to look at them personally because I feel like um, we shouldn't get VAR to come and dig us out of a victory I do think that Arsenal didn't do it enough on the day to get a result so I can I'm frustrated by how Newcastle played but a point probably was fair. This is—I don't know what toast what you think, but I personally didn't think that Arsenal, as an Arsenal fan, that we did enough to win the game. I don't know. Do you agree or disagree? Totally agree, man. Um, they limited us to I think what was it three or four shots on target. I think Eddie's chance late was probably the most clear-cut chance that came. Was it around seven minutes? What? Yeah. What save like, by the way? I think that was a and, great and save a, and, a, and a very good save. And unfortunately, it was one of those games where, as, as we've mentioned, um, they had two extra men. Um, to kind of nullify Saka and Martinelli. And that basically put the onus on Odegaard to try and pierce like through the middle. And I think he had one of his lesser games, if I'm honest. Um, he really struggled to kind of uh, make that final pass. Zinchenko was absolutely brilliant trying to ping those balls through the middle. But yeah, unfortunately, we just didn't create enough, man. A draw was a fair result, man. It's frustrating as hell, but definitely a fair result. Yeah, and um, on the guys you mentioned there, I mean, I'm not going to include Eddie... I mean, I know I've been critical of him, but our main players, we would say the ones that could make something happen is Saka, Martellina, Odegaard. Again, they didn't have the best game. I wouldn't say they had a bad game, they didn't have the best game. But before we move, um, obviously, I want to get Jake, Char and Prez on this one. Did you guys all see the pen- penalty incidents? I mean, let's just quickly touch on that. Did you Did you guys see them? Yeah, yeah. I rem- I, yeah, I do remember. So I think the first one was um, Dan Byrne pulling down Martinelli or Gabriel. I'm not sure who it was. Gabriel was on oh, the corner. Gabriel. I think it was. Yeah, was it, the corner? it was a set piece. I know that. That it was, was a pen. <laughs> yeah, it was a pen. <laughs> Agreed. Um, yeah, that one. I did see it for me. I saw another angle. That shows Gabriel actually pulling down Dan Byrne as well. So that's why I wasn't too mad. But I, people are saying that that one of all the two incidents is more of a pen. Obviously, I'd happy to have had it. And I think the second one, the handball, um, yeah, you're just hoping you get something, really. It's like the final minute. You're just hoping for a bit of luck. So, um, yeah, man. Arsenal, I feel... Do you think that was a pen, Mono? As you um, the second one? <sighs> It's one of those. Um, I don't think it's a pen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, if that Muni was in the stand screaming, "Effing <laughs> blind, giving hey, that pen boy! Why are you not hey, giving I'm... him that? What the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> I 
Honestly, come on, bro. And take the moment you're 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 calling and you're saying I'm calling the referee every name under the sun. Um, but you, you got to also remember there was an incident against Liverpool when Gabriel handballed it, and um, that wasn't given. So you know sometimes you got to take a bit of luck with VAR. But as I said, we didn't do enough to win the game. Um, and now we move on to our next game, which will be well for the listeners later this evening. Um, on Monday night, Arsenal will be the final game in the FA Cup um, as they go away to Oxford United. Last time these guys met in the FA Cup, I think it was like 2002 or 2003 um, at Highbury. So um, obviously Arsenal being the record winners of the FA Cup, the cup that, you know, sometimes dug out managers, especially Arteta and Wenger, or our only most recent managers, expecting it to be an Arsenal dub. Um but obviously, Arsenal have got a great initiative at the moment where um, they're trying to, you know, get awareness of normal, of, of all the young killings in London. So they'll be wearing this special top, which is literally silver. Takes off the bed, but it's white, but it's kind of silver. Last time we did this, we lost to Forest again in the third round of the FA Cup. So am I looking for I, I really I really feel like there's an omen a bad omen about this kit yes this kit is promoting well not, so not promoting it's um, raising awareness of um, gang violence and whatnot. and obviously it's something important that the club feels they need to do and I think it's a great um, initiative but as a footballing fan we have a <laughs> a bad record wearing that top again we got knocked out by Forrest when they were in the championship and yeah man tomorrow <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting to see a week inside I think Toshi would agree um, Emil Smith Rowe has been training so I would really like to see him start not even come off the bench I want to see him start um, he's back in training so give the other boys a chance or I think yeah. I might play a strong team I don't know I don't, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure what he's going to do because we've got um, Spurs on the weekend I'm I'm definitely expecting some rotation, but um, it'd be good it'd be good for like Marquinhos and Vieira and a couple of them man to get a run out. I mean Oxford, all respect, but yeah, fifteenth in League One. Whatever team we put out, we we just gotta get the job done really, and no replays really. So yeah, I'm expecting a dub. Hmm. Well, moving over to a team that's just been getting dub upon dub. The <laughs> <laughs> red men. Hey. You know what I'm saying? United boys, stand up. Stand you're the up. new. You're the new. Eh. So, <laughs> Tom, what are you giving me? Oh, we're getting that one, yeah, Prince. We're getting that. <laughs> no, 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 not even. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, a turnaround for United, um, as we all know. I think we're discussing with the boys. They are also one of the teams in form at the moment. Um, it all started with a home win against Bournemouth. Certain man who's here today said to me, Ooh, we, we've got we've got Bournemouth at home like they weren't going to get a dub, man. Get the fuck out of here, Char. Man, 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 bro. bro, you're moving like... This is Bournemouth I wish, I wish at we home. Could, I wish we could have like one of these AI platforms that could like detail basically the conversations that happen on the chat, on the Fun. pod, because the way people try to like position the way conversations go is nuts. You, yeah, you worded that mad mono. Bro, like, I, all I said was that be aware. That's literally all I said. Like, bro, like I said, oh, we should win. Be aware of what? Nah, man. Did you, you, did, did you watch the game? Um, I think I caught... Was it on TV? I might have caught a bit of it. It might have caught a bit of it. Bro, it wasn't... That 3-0... 
low key flattered. Let me not guess. Let me not guess. Like they had their they had big chances in that game, and obviously yeah. we'll go into it when you and you ask questions. But yeah, man, I was definitely. I'll, anyway, man, we'll get into it, man. We'll get into it. No, let's get into it now, man. Let's kick off with that first game against Bournemouth. Three 0 win um, at the Theatre of Dreams. We might have to run that bar back, by the way, because the way you men are moving there, I swear, like you're bringing it back. And um, yeah, an important three points because you've got yourself now back in the top four. Um, all due respect to Spurs being woeful, Chelsea not playing their best, um, which has kind of got you there. But hey, you got to win your games, right? That's what. That's not yeah. what they're not. They're not doing that. But you guys are. Um, Rashford, man, let, let, let's let's kick it off right there, man. Oi. That man, yeah, Rash, Rash back. Rash is back, man. Hey, listen, um, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, we always knew it was going to happen because there was a, a period of time in like um, last season, uh, for, like for the last 18 months, I'd probably say Rashford was was not the, the Rashford that first burst into the scene. He wasn't doing the the things that we all associate with Rashford. He wasn't getting that players. He was just the moment he would get the we would pass it back. He, when he was trying to get our players, it just was it just seemed like he was he was almost moving like Luis Suarez trying to like have it bounce off like man's like shins and that it just wasn't working in it. Like it just wasn't it wasn't it. However, um hey, I don't know what's happened in his personal life. I know he's but he's engaged now. Um it looks like he's not necessarily taking a step back from all his commitments um with with obviously the the, the children and, and so on. But um, I think he might have just delegated some of the responsibilities that he might have had um, to to maybe like, some of his some of his team. Um, he obviously went on a sort of summer quarter, summer training camp, um, which was done him like a lot of a lot of good in terms of obviously his running technique and so on. And yeah, man, the boy is back. Um, I think that's seven seven goals in consecutive games at Old Trafford. Um, he he's just looking so dangerous now. He, he and I think he I think now he's believing that he's he's he is the he is the main man at United at the moment. Um, and he's he he yeah he's unplayable and unstoppable. And I think a lot of that's got to go down to the coach. Um, I think if you actually watch United game like if last three to four seasons, we haven't played with patterns even on the social show when Rashford did have a good season. We'll we'll playing off the cuff. Um, but if you actually watch us now. Um, what we do very well was that we create overloads, we switch the ball very quickly, um, and Rashford we're finding Rashford in one-on-one situations, um, which means that he that that's, when when Rashford is one-on-one, there's 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 not many there's not many defenders I think in the Premier League, probably in world football that can stop him. Um, so yeah, man, props to Rashford for obviously getting his head down and obviously delivering. Um, I've always wanted Rashford to do well because he's obviously a United boy. Um, sort of broke onto the scene when he was very young. I've always wanted him to do well. Um, there was a period of time I didn't want him to be playing because he wasn't playing well, but I never wanted him to be sold. Um, and yeah, man, I'm just I'm just happy to see him sort of sort of, sort of doing well. Uh, it's honestly good to see him um, doing so well as well. Obviously, coming off from the World Cup and continuing that fine form. Um, Prez, do, do you guys still think though that you need another attacking option? Because I think the, the 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 main story at United is the fact that you don't have a in out number nine. Um, the possibility, I think, of putting Rashford there is not something that you guys are keen on. I believe. Yeah, I, th- I think for me, I think we've established that Rashford is is best placed on that left wing, and I think we can comfortably say that he's he's nailed that position down. 
nobody's going to take it off him, certainly for this season. And he also has uh, a good backup uh, in young Garnacho as well. I think listening to Ten Hag in press conferences, you can hear that, you know, he, he is being quite open with the the need for uh, a new... Uh, a new striker, whether that's for, and that's a number nine, I mean, and whether that's for the period of the rest of this season um, before we then, you know, aggressively take to the market to, to look for a permanent solution. But certainly someone to, at the very least, um, supplement uh, Marshall, who is our, our current main number nine and our only real number nine or only real uh, attacker that's been used as a number nine within the, within the front line. And I think... There is a big concern around his consistency. There is a big concern around his uh, injury, uh, you know, his, his potential injury uh, injuries that could pop up. So we do need somebody, uh, a different option, a different dynamic in that central position to, to, to make up for that. And, you know, we've been hearing various rumours over the past couple of days around who that could be. Uh, I think I've heard uh, Abu Bakar, um, and Weghorst being the two options. And initially when I heard those two names, I was like, rah, <laughs> okay, oh, this is sounding re- oh, reminiscent of... Oh, I was like, okay, this, this is sounding reminiscent of previous seasons where we're just like throwing shit at a wall and hoping it sticks. Well but back, <laughs> them ones, but then, you know, speaking with Char in the chat and he made me realise that it's more, it could be more of just uh, someone to tide us over for the meantime um, as, uh, you know, for, for the lesser the lesser games in the cup competitions, you know, because the games are coming thick and fast. Another body to give us a different option, maybe to throw on in the 80th, 75th minute uh, to, to get balls into the box, um, you know, that, that kind of vibe, but r- rather than like a, a permanent solution and somebody who's affordable as well, because the market is stupid at the moment and a player like Weghorst might give us that dynamic. Um, so, and, and Marshall provided being fit, he, I, re- I reckon he'll at least till the end of the season remain our, our main option as a striker. So, yeah, man, um, Ten Hag is clearly pushing for someone, um, and, and we'll see who that person is in the next couple of days, man, or next few, uh, next few weeks, should I say. I mean, this goes to you and Char again. Is there anyone that you guys would want? Cause I don't know who's actually available at the moment. Um, Bro. Apart from those two names we've been mentioning, but is there anyone that you, your club you would like your club to go out for? <sighs> I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you a player that is realistic at the moment. Look, obviously, if Mbappe was local, then man, well, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> it, there's no, there's literally, there's literally no strikers. I think the only player that I could say that I think is realistic, maybe long term, and, and someone that I, I think we should be looking at. Um, is the Napoli forward Victor the one that sort of um, butchered his name so I'm not going to even try I always pronounce it wrong so I'm not even going to try and, and go there um, but I think he's the only person but when you, I think when you talk about the figures they're talking sort of 100, 100 M's and so on the, the striker market at the moment is just nuts like think about it, like an, av- an average average good striker you have to put basically another 20 to 30, 30 mil on top of it just because there's such a like a shortage of like actual strikers at the moment. Um, I think the Portuguese striker Ramos. Um, I think we should potentially be looking at him too. Um, obviously, it, it's obviously the the fine line between was he just good in moments at the World Cup or is he actually a good enough striker for Old Trafford, for Old Trafford and United? Another mad price um, tag being quoted too. 
again, yeah, like no one was speaking about him previous to the World Cup, and all of a sudden I'm hearing sort of 60, 70 M's and that. It's just, it's just yeah, it's just nuts. Um, but yeah, at the moment, man, I couldn't even tell you, like, there's no strikers out there at the moment. So other than Victor and uh, Ramos, uh, I, I could, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't could tell you anyone, anyone else, man. Hey, but the window's open and deals are, you know, beginning to happen. We'll get to Chelsea because they've been doing their business. I'm not sure if, if, if it's a business that Jake wants. But um, following that win against Bournemouth, United had another home game, this time in the FA Cup, as they kicked off the third round proceedings. Um, I've really forgot who you played, man. Cause it was... Um, Everton. Everton. Everton, that's the one. Frankie, Super Franks Everton. Um, another dub. 3-1 win again, wasn't it? Normal. No, I'm joking. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Stick talk. No, 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 Boy, that seven, that seven, that seven win bounce, boy, gas. I hear it, I hear it, boy. Alright, say nothing. Hey, man, let me enjoy it whilst it's here, man. Next, next two games is City Arsenal. Would you guys say, yeah, boy? Would you guys say that was a convincing win? Um, Not for me. No. No, I don't think it was. It was more of like Everton giving you all three goals, I believe. Not trying to take credit from you guys. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I think it was. I mean, it, it, it reminded me of a bit of like a basketball game. Um, it, there was chances on both ends. I'd say. Um, it, I don't think. I think in the end, I don't think we did not deserve to win it. But I do think that it wasn't like a a clear cut dub. If that makes sense, it wasn't like a domination game of like ninety minutes of us keeping the ball and just scoring when we wanted to. I don't yeah. think it was like that. But yeah. I do think that we had the better like clear cut chances, especially in yeah. the first half. We, we just became too much for them, I think, in the end. I think um, if you look at how we, we conceded, uh, the, the, the only goal that they scored in the game, obviously they, they had a goal that was chalked off uh, for offside. But obviously De Gea, <laughs> I don't know what he was doing for that goal. Um, had his hand on the post like he was waiting for the bus or something. I don't know, but let the ball through his legs and yeah, it just seemed like a, a really avoidable a really avoidable goal to concede I think up to that point it seemed like after we got the early goal through Anthony we were going to just kick on um, because it seemed like we had uh, an era of control and dominance certainly within the first 10 minutes and then you know as Everton sort of got into the game I think there was a, a shot from Gray that came off the post and then from there they kind of built on it up onto the goal and then, yeah, as Charles said quite accurately, it was a bit of a basketball game at times. And um, I think, you know, we, Char, I don't know if you agree or disagree, but we've we've kind of had a lot of praise for Christian Eriksen in the midfield. And, you know, he's our top assist of the season. He's, yeah. he's done a great job um, in terms of giving us control and um, ball, ball, ball progression through, through his passing. However... Off the ball, yes. Off the ball in transition, there are holes, there are gaps that better teams will exploit on their day. So I do look at him and think, you know, yes, on the ball, he's great at getting it forward and, you know, his assists speak for themselves. But sometimes I just look at him and do worry about the transition side of the game and he 
his legs just don't look like they yeah. can they can really keep up with the pace of the game at times yeah. and that that definitely is a concern for me especially as the games begin to pile up so you know it's probably not going to be in january let's be let's be honest it's not going to be in january we do need uh, a, a central midfield replacement um not a replacement but somebody to to come in and and kind of make up for the things that that Ericsson clearly lacks and I, and I think when you look at the the Frankie de Jong mold and 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 you know what he brings especially transitioning the ball you know not even through passing but just being able to to carry the ball um and and you know make up for uh you know any any gaps as well he'd be perfect for that so yeah, we we definitely need. It's is a concern of mine, uh, Ericsson, yeah. um, and I, 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 clearly you feel the same way. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Apart from because obviously when we signed Ericsson, we were still on the, on the, we were still trying to get um, to to get Frankie De Jong, which which basically yeah. makes me believe that I think when we were signing Ericsson, we weren't planning on, on playing him as in as deep as he's playing now or not yep. necessarily not planning to but I think he was more in competition with with probably the role that Fer- Fernandez is playing at the moment yeah yeah um I, I think obviously especially in the big games when I feel when I think about the game that we got basically annihilated this season in the city game um and I mm. think we start I think it was Casemiro Eriksson and that was just a key example of in transition we just got killed mm-hmm. um so I, I, when I look at the games we got coming up with Arsenal and with with obviously City, um, it'd be interesting to see how he goes about doing it because obviously one part you don't want to sort of break up a winning team, um, but in the next part I think in terms of like the attributes and that type of game, I I wouldn't be surprised if if he brought on board either Fred or McTominay um, just to to bring in that extra lead alongside Casemiro. Um, yeah. but again, it's one, of the, it's a difficult choice that for him to make because obviously, look, we have been winning. Obviously, a lot of the games we have won are games that we should have won. Um, and, but yeah. obviously on paper, that, that doesn't mean anything. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting problem. Um, but I think here long term, we definitely have to, um, bring in a player who can basically get around the park, um, a bit more, especially with the way we like to play. Obviously, with Ten Hag and obviously pressing and counter pressing. I always do notice Ericsson's when he loses the ball, he's always the one that's sort of kind of like catching up with play. Yeah. Um, yep. but yeah, but yeah, that's just, yeah, I guess it's not, it's not something that's caught us out yet, but I think it will maybe, um, against the better teams. Yep. And the Reds go marching on. Things are looking good over there, man. Very good. Um, as Charles briefly mentioned, there are two big games coming up for United through to the FA Cup. But yeah, the, the, the next two games could, you know, be very telling for how well United have played. Um, we're going to go to a team that doesn't really play football well, but they somehow get results. Um, I'm sure none of us would have gone our way to watch their game. Um, <laughs> See Striders, stop! Don't do that, Prez. I know what you're doing. Like you're doing that laugh, like as if I'm, stop. I'll kick, I'll kick you out, bro. Like, you don't. Uh, let me not talk, man. Yeah, <laughs> you, you better not. Because what are you? Are you going out your way to go watch Spurs, brother? I watch football in it. So if Spurs oh, are playing, come on, <laughs> I watch Premier League in it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Sea Strider is not in the building. 
today. Um, I think it would have liked to have been back today because I mean this is the first time they've won back to back for a while. Um, things kicked off as Spurs went away to Palace. Not an easy ground to go to, but battered them four nil. Um, Harry Kane and Son back on those. Well, more importantly, Son back on the score sheet. Um, he's not had the best of seasons. Um, it was obviously good, good for him to get back on, on, on the score sheet. Harry Kane, water is wet. Um, although, you know, people are saying Palace had a good first half. Not sure what happens there, really. Vieira must be fuming. You set them up really well. Um, there was one chance that I saw when Ayu should have put through Eze, I think it was. I wasn't sure if it was Eze mm. or, or yeah. Zaha, but, Decides to shoot and, um, you know, Palace could go into the half one nil up. But as we all know, Tottenham are the king, kings of second half football and they just washed um, Palace away. Did anyone else catch the game? Yeah. I caught it. Um, yeah. Yeah it, yeah, it is literally as you described, to be honest. Um, first half was a bit of a cagey affair. Um, sort of not, not much in it. Second half... Hey, we we gotta have to low key discuss slightly. Patty, man, he's not, he's not looking good for him at the moment. Man, um, it, man. it started really well with Palace, and obviously, I've I've got a lot of Palace friends, and um, they, according to obviously what they've been saying, like behind the scenes with the club, it's been going really well. He's been like introducing youth. He's been trying to get them involved to training sessions and so on. But yeah, the results on the pitch at the moment it aren't looking good, man. I think they're really missing Conor Gallagher. Um, who's a massive miss for them, I think, in terms of, like, when you look at what how, what was going well for them last season um, and, obviously, what's happening now. Obviously, I know it's very easy for me to be like, yeah, but, like, um, I think they've replaced his role with, obviously, Eze, who brings different things to the team. Obviously, he's very good technically, um, but maybe doesn't ha- have that sort of work rate in his side to win the ball back that maybe yeah. Conor Gallagher does. Um, but, yeah, it's not looking good, man. Um, so, yeah, Tottenham, yeah, they... It says a lot about the way Palace are playing at the moment. That that was probably, I'd say, Tottenham's best performance in a very long time. Um, yeah, they dominated that second half. Um, Harry Kane, as I said, yeah, water's wet. The guy, when he's in front of a goal, yeah, like, it's just like, it's inevitable. Like, I, I, I struggle to remember a striker who, like, when he gets his head down and he's about to like leng it, you just know it's it's gonna hit yeah. the target. Like you just yeah. know, it. like it's, it's yeah, boy. there's no qualms in it. It's just got it's gonna hit the target. Like, uh, yeah, and yeah, the rest is sort of history, man. Uh, Brian Brian Hill looked alright as well on that right side. Yeah, looked no, alright. I'm, I, I I'm, I'm not convinced he, of him yet, but he had a good second half. I think his first yeah. half was a bit was a bit mad, but yeah, he he came into his own second half and got the assist for one of Harry Kane's goals. Um, yeah, he, he looked okay in the second half. Agreed. I think with um, Brian Gill, aka Howard from um, Big Bang Theory, um, Calvin has always said <laughs> that um, he needs to get on the gym because I, I heard there's a lot of potential in him. But I think Calvin would agree with me when he, when I say that he, he just needs to get a bit more physical because he has yeah. potential. Um, but this year, as well, everyone knows that the Premier League is a very physical and de- and demanding league. You, you have to be up to it. Um, so it, it is what it is there. So you come off from that massive four 0 win, and then you got a home tie against Pompey. As fans going into the FA Cup, um, I suppose you're thinking you're licking your lips. You're gonna get a goal feast. Um, Spurs win one nil. Um, don't know again if anyone caught that game, but I think I, I I was following the updates 
um, on the Saturday. I mean, they got the dub, but what I was hearing at one point, were the, the way Spurs were being camped in their own half against Pompey, it, it's quite... I won't say concerning. Calvin obviously wouldn't agree because they got the result. But how do you go from beating Palace 4-0 away from home, but you, you you don't batter a team like Pompey at home? Can I just say, I watched that game and that game was probably a closer game than the Palace game. Um yeah, yeah, it was weird. Like, don't get me wrong. I, don't, I wouldn't say Portsmouth have had like loads of clear-cut chances, but they were in the game. There was, like, a few half chances that they, if they had, like, a bit more quality in, like, this last pass or so on, they would have been in. Um, I remember, yeah. I think, for Forrestar, like, made a few, like, half-decent saves. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it, it was one of the games, I think, if maybe, if, 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 if it got a bit techie, I think Spurs probably had another level to go to. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely, a, it wasn't, like, a... Uh, it wasn't a kind of game you'd expect. What what, what league are Portsmouth in? League One. I think yeah, League One. League One. Yeah, you, you you'd think it'd be. I mean, you actually look at our, um, Tottenham's team. They had Kane, obviously Kane and Son playing. Um, they had most of their like their shoot like what well, they had their two shooters playing full stop. You'd have thought they 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 don't do a lot more on the pitch. But yeah, it's it's just football at the moment, man. For Tottenham at the moment, it's just yeah, it's it's not looking good, bruv. But I mean, yeah, we we do say that because obviously, the one minute they can pull out a result, and one time they can they, they can like flop. But they've got some points back on the board in the Premier League, much needed because you guys have overtaken them in the Prem. Um, but also they're through to the fourth round because, as again, we all know, Spurs need to break that drought. Um, but yeah. You never know with Spurs. Each game is a comes, as Calvin says. Um, we'll see how they go on in the next game. Mr. Weisenberg, wake up, wake up. Sorry. I know I know we've left you guys to last, but I'm sure you won't be mad because I don't know if you've got much to say about your club. Um, interesting week for Chelsea as they played Man City back-to-back. I mean, how do you even look forward to football when you're knowing you're playing Man City in the league and then very shortly in the FA Cup. Um, unfortunately for Jake, it was two defeats. Aggregate score of um, 5-0. Jake, man, I mean, we might as well just touch on the both games. There's no point in splitting them apart. Like, what can you say, man? We're bad. I think that's probably <laughs> the best place to start. <laughs> no, like, I, yeah, that, it, was, it was wholly expected. To be honest, I think especially like the first game, City were re- like Pep did one of his Pep things and just decided to fuck about, and they looked rubbish. And I think on commentary it was like, oh yeah, Chelsea are doing a really good job here, and and you sat there watching, you're like no, they're not. That City played poorly. <laughs> like one once Pep gets to half time and goes, right, that didn't work. I'll change it up. City will be City, and. That is exactly what happened. Halftime came. He subbed off. I can't remember. It was Cancelo and someone else. And suddenly, they started playing brilliantly. Kyle Walker, I think it was. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Like, they went to a normal 4-3-3. And they just started to batter us. Um, Yeah. Like, we are just playing very, very poorly. I think, for me, the worst part of it all is the quote-unquote leaders in the squad, for the most part, are playing disgustingly. And even if it's not, maybe not even leaders, but veterans, 
like you think, Koulibaly started both games and in the midweek game, I thought he was fine. You know, like Thiago Silva is that good a defender. He can make he could make me look pretty all right, I reckon. But in today's <laughs> game, he was fucking dog shit. Like in a defense where you've got a one kid making his debut at centre back, um, Lewis Hall making I think it's like his fifth appearance at left back. And bear in mind he's a centre mid for our youth team. You've got Trevor Chalaber playing out of position at right back. Kudabali is the one veteran he needs to step up. He was nowhere. Gave away a penalty. Gave away stupid fouls again. Like just horrible. Yeah, he's Virginia, he's been dog. He really, really has. He I think like you look at Chelsea's transfer window and obviously it's an immense disappointment so far. I genuinely think he may take the top billing for me in that yeah, transfer window. Yeah, no, hundred percent. That's saying something when you've got Kukurea playing as badly as he's playing. You've got Fafana who hasn't even fucking played since October. Like that's how bad. But anyway, um Jorginho, like, he's in the last six months of his deal. There's reports saying that we're willing to give him a contract. What is he showing you that makes that fine? Like, he's awful. Like, you think of Jorginho, his best aspect is getting on the ball and progressing it, or at least ball retention. He's not even getting on the ball. And there was one, like, breakaway for City. It was in the first half where it was three on three, and Jorginho was just jogging it back in. And you're sat there, it's like, there's obviously a big situation. Bust a gut. Didn't want to do it. It's like, all right, fine. Like, you're obviously showing your lack of dedication. You don't want to be here. Like, why are we offering you a contract? Just get on with it. Um, yeah, like, I think today the setup was very bad. I think this is the first time I can look at Potter's setup and go, right, mate, you, like, that's something you need to address. That we were playing with inverted wingers on the counter, but there was no pace in the team. Like, it, it just looked very disjointed. Um, there's an injury crisis, but at the end of the day, every club's got injuries. Like, you, you have to be able to manage that. I get we've got it a little bit worse than most people. I think right now we're on 10 senior players being out, but a lot of our senior players are playing that badly. That's probably, that should be a blessing in disguise. Like, in the midweek city game, Chukwameka comes on and is one of the best players on the pitch for the whole game. He was fantastic. Like, so why do you think he made so many changes this game? Um, I think some of them are just forced. Like he said in pre-game, um, Silver, Aspi, and Zacharia just couldn't like they weren't fit enough to start the game. Mm. I think it's pragmatic as well. You've got to realise that the FA Cup just isn't as important as le- the league right now. Like, Fair enough. And. We could play our strongest team and go away to City and still get battered 2-3-0 and not be close. True, so true. It doesn't really not matter that much, but it's six of one, half a dozen of another. So, I mean, I said it on last week's pod. I'm I'm waiting for us to just fully commit to this rebuild, quote-unquote, because like we spoke about with Liverpool and it's doubtful they get back into the top four. I think we can all agree. Like especially with the way that other teams are playing and the let's face it, the way Liverpool are playing, there's no yeah. shot we're getting into the top four. Yeah. So let's not pre- let's not pretend about that. Um, just be on be honest with yourselves. Be on as a management group, as an ownership, as a backroom staff, and go right. Okay, let's 
stop giving Hakeem Ziyech time because he's obviously not, he obviously doesn't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> Jorginho, just get let him go out the door, it's fine. Same with Kante. Like, admit that Koulibaly was a, a, a mistake and move and just and use him as a when, when you say commit to this rebuild, are you are you looking to your club to come out and say, okay, because I, obviously I don't think that's going to happen where it's like, they're actually going to come out and say, listen, the season's gone. We're, we're now going to be focusing on our future. You're, you're more thinking of it as like, just play the young boys kind of thing. Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. Like I, I, so I don't need to see Aubameyang Shout out take Tabo. the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, I don't need to see Aubameyang take the pitch. We know yeah. what he, br- well, I say what he brings. <laughs> what, what, <laughs> what, like, he brings stuff. Lambo brochures to training. That's what he brings. <laughs> exactly. But it's, it's stuff like, Damn. like, someone like Koulibaly, right? Like, you, you can see he's struggling on the pitch. So why do we keep starting him but leaving Shalaba on the bench? Like Shalaba is a, I think has been an impressive centre back since he started. Like continue to give him his deserved game time. Like and someone like Amari Hutchinson, he's played two times now for Chelsea, both against City, and he's looked timid both times. Like and yeah. when you watch his highlights, like he is a fantastic one-on-one dribbler. He has got abundance of confidence and willing to take on mm-hmm. people. Yep, continue to yep. give him that. Don't just like put him in these situations. Start Chukwemeka. The man deserves it. Like yeah, he's got a play in it. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think Potter will realise that. And I think that's the other thing as well is that like the Chelsea crowd today, like they were very loud. I get that the Man City crowd is never loud, but <laughs> the, like you could hear the Chelsea fans quite a good lot, which is good. But they were they were chanting for Roman Abramovich, which. Fuck off! Like, there's no need. Gosh, <laughs> man. You're also chanting for Thomas Tuchel, and again, it's like, I love Tuchel. I thought he was a fantastic manager for us. I didn't think he deserved to be sacked, but we're not going to bring him back. So, what does that prove? What does that do? It doesn't give. It's not productive whatsoever. So, I get that you're frustrated, but this is it. Like, and I, 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 I am still Potter in because I do think he is a good, good manager, and he, he's, he fronts up as well like he's not he in his pre-match conference he will say look we are we have got a lot of injuries we are having to adapt to it this is a very tough time but we have to adapt to it like it's an accountability that i like yeah. there's no excuse making do, he, do, do you think like he's and, and, in the room go on press do, do you think that with the fans obviously chanting for your previous owner and your previous manager do you see that as a sign of them potentially turning on par Oh, 100%. 100%. Damn. Like, I, I think it's because, like, Tuchel was so universally loved because he yeah. brought us a Champions League we weren't expecting. Yeah. Um, he dealt with the whole ownership situation very well. He dealt with the Lukaku situation very well. You could tell he was a great coach. And, like, like I say, I don't think he deserved to be sacked. But I'm not sat there and going, I'm judging Potter based on that. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm sat there and looking... Go for it. I've got a question actually with regards to that. Do you think it was a strategic sacking? Because well, I look at it and I'm like, but he signed Todd Bowley signed Aubameyang, isn't it? And so it's like it's not like he. Uh, something tells me something must have like broken down in their relationship. And he's so, yeah, that, swigs, that is exactly swigs, swigs. That, that is exactly what happened. So basically, with that, with the lack of like a sporting director and anything like that, Bowley was relying a lot on Tuchel. For signings, mm. not to necessarily do them, but to say, right, what okay, do you think cool, of the yeah. X player? What do you think of Y player? And Tuchel wasn't interested. 
to like Tuchel was sending his his own agent to these sorts of meetings because he just mm. wanted to focus on coaching. Yeah, and fair. I, and you sat there. It's like I get that, but you have to be a bit of an adult here and go. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Like this they are situation. Just, yeah. So they want something. They want somebody to work with them. That's why they signed Potter because he comes from a sporting director model. Like he's happy. Yeah. He wants to work with you and work on it. So, like I say, I, I'm still very much Potter in. But I'm. I want to see him just be a bit more forceful with these decisions of being like, well, why are we starting Ziyech? He's not. He doesn't offer a lot. We're not. Why are we starting Jorginho? He is so physically past it. It's unbelievable. Like, and just try and give more youth a chance. And honestly, just try more weird, wacky shit. See what sticks. Like, do you know what it is? Well. Well, Jake? Might as well. Do you know what it is? Um, and the, the fact that like you, you're still sticking. With, you want Potter in still is the fact that he needs to have his own preseason with these group of players. He's not had the opportunity like well, proper preseason. I agree, and I think this is why like. When we drew City, uh, my mind immediately went, all right, well, that's more training time. Because th mm. that is what it is. We don't have to deal with extra fixtures in that regard. I get everyone's got a very packed schedule, but we've only got the FA Cup. No, sorry, the FA Cup. <laughs> we've only got the Prem and the Champs left. That is it. So I don't Yeah, you're still in the Champs as well. So yeah. it's, 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 it's so still the end of the world. It is just a case of like, I know it's a very busy now and it is difficult. But the upside is like you've got an ownership that is willing to spend crazy amounts of money. They're willing to put in a proper recruitment structure in place. They're trying to revamp all our medical side of it. Like there are a lot of positive steps in place. It's just right now it is a lot of pain. And yeah, like you got you gotta take these lumps. This isn't Roman who's gonna just sack him, bring in Louis Enrique and go on a bit of a run and then this time next year we'll be in the same situation. I hope Potter gets the time. I do. I know, obviously, it's Chelsea Football Club, and he may not. But <laughs> I, I, I hope there hey. is a change about because I, I think yeah. Potter is quite a likable man, to be honest. He's got that. He's got that English manager insurance, man. They'll give him a chance. They'll give him a chance for sure. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like I said, at, like I said at the start, Jake. Tough times don't last. Only tough people last. I'm sure Chelsea, as the club, a fantastic football club that they are, they will ride this wave and be back up on top. Hopefully um, not, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair, um, fair. Bef before we before we go to the bar and take our shots, um, obviously it was the return of the FA Cup, and you know this this is the cup of surprises. Um, just a couple of fixtures to just touch on. I was deciding which was the bigger shock between these first two, um, but I think the biggest shock of the weekend was to this evening, um, where Stevenage have knocked out Aston Villa. Um, League One, Stevenage, that is. Um, yeah, man, just a the cup of upsets, man. Um, for coming coming down for 1-0 as well, and the fact that he had a goal to Salad in the first half says a lot. United Emery's got a task there. Um, they get results, they lose silly games like these. So, shout out to Stevenage, man, uh, making some memories. And like I said, I was, I was stuck between two. I just want to get you guys' quick input on this one. Um, Sheffield United knocked out Newcastle. Andy, I said, me and Andy had a conversation. Sheffield where Wednesday. I said, Sheffield United, Wednesday, sorry, not United. Um, where I said, as a Newcastle fan, I think I'll be very disappointed because yeah, obviously they're, they're in a good position in the league, but I think they won trophies. I think if you ask yeah. a Newcastle fan, they, this, mm -hmm. this is a trophy that they could have gone on to win. Yeah, yeah, um, agreed. But they've let themselves down, and I guess they're still in Carabao as well. So maybe they could be focused on that. But um, yeah, I think 
Shout out yeah, Darren Moore, by the way. Yeah, yeah my guy. We like to see it, man. Black managers doing their thing. Um, but no, we love it, man. We need more black managers in the game, and he's he's proving that anything is impossible. Um, nothing's impossible, sorry. <laughs> lastly, <laughs> I guess Forest losing to Blackpool. That's the last one I had. Um, but that Forest, man, you never know with them. With their 20, 20 200 players. Um, it is what yeah, it they is. They got battered, didn't it? Yeah, yeah bro. By Blackpool, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Charlie. Yeah, they um, held corn, man. It was peak. But yeah, man, time to go to the bar. Um, and I think I won't be taking any shots after the weekend I had Jake is probably taking it easy and toast yeah we've got a game tomorrow so you'll know however I know for a fact them boy from Trafford yeah go on then <laughs> hella Let's shots where they at where they at where they at relax 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 football's a funny thing boy <laughs> Go, go, go on, um, Prez. Kick it off. Yeah, my shot's for the gaffer, the manager, Eric Ten Hag. Uh, a lot of question marks coming in. Uh, would he be able to steady the ship? Would he be able to deal with the big personalities? Has he ever had a job this big before? Um, is he the right man? Uh, and from where I'm sitting, the answer is yes. I think for him, the focus has been more about setting a standard throughout the whole club. Uh, and he's doing that and showing that every time I watch his press conferences he's got an answer for these dickhead journalists that try to trip him up um, and he, he's really just setting a standard and giving everybody every individual a role and um, that's really important if you if you want to move a club forward I, I'm not expecting us to do anything like challenge you know if, if we're able to challenge for a, a cup that would be good but what he's doing is setting us up for success in the future and I love to see it Jeez. I'll share hey. this shot with you, man. Go on, Cha. What's your shot then? Uh, my shot is for the Rolls Royce, which is Casimiro, man. Hey. Jeez. I don't think I've. It's been a long, long time, man, since I've, I've, I've actually like fallen in love with a, a, a player that we signed, man. But boy, this guy, yeah. <sighs> what he's done to our club, like I'm under no impre- like illusions that look, we've got a long, long season ahead of us, and a lot of things can change. However. The steel in it, the grit, the determination to like the the, the way he reads, like it just makes you realise what kind of poverty we were in, thinking that sort of McTominay <laughs> was a six in it because it's Boy. just like, like, I, I I couldn't see it because I wanted oh, that. I, I'm God. such I'm, I'm such a fan that I I couldn't see it. I wanted McTominay to succeed, and I thought it's a <laughs> nice simple way of, of of filling that void. But now we've got Casemiro, who is obviously arguably probably if not the best number six in the world, one of them. Yeah, it's it's night and day, the, the, the difference in quality, man. Not even necessarily just with his his defensive prowess, but just on the ball, like one-touch football, like over the top, like sh- playing it short, like finding on my striker. Like it's just different now, man. It's not every day, like three or four touches just to get the ball out your feet. It's he like, has no mates, man. He has yeah, no it's mates, actually, man. It's, 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 he's very clear, man. So shout out Casemiro, man. What a guy. Uh, yeah, two very good shots from the United boys. But yeah, to our listeners, it's been a pleasure back um, hosting and with these wonderful boys. Have a great couple of days 
um, with a lot of football um, and it only is going to get more man as we will soon have the return of Europe more FA Cup games and yeah man VAR bar in 4K is also back so make sure you check that as well uh, make sure you're updating your FPLs if you want that shirt at the end of the season make sure you're following us on the socials to be eligible for the draw um, yeah man see you boys very soon peace pleasure boys peace <laughs> please hey hi